tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, episode 110. Have you experienced a sudden detour? Has tragedy or injustice slammed into your life and knocked you off course? Or maybe it's just the cares of everyday living that's leaving you reeling. Well, in today's episode, Jillian Benfield shares from her book, The Gift of the Unexpected. Because you guys, it's often in the unexpected that we discover who we were always meant to be. Uh, It's such an honor to have Jillian Benfield with us in the living room and her book, The Gift of the Unexpected. Welcome, Jillian. So glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I really am too. Uh, When your book came across my desk, I was like, oh my goodness, what a powerful topic. The title is The Gift of the Unexpected, Discovering Who You Were Meant to Be When Life Goes Off Plan. And I, I would take a guess that for most of us, life hasn't necessarily turned out the way we thought it would. And that can be really hard for us to navigate. So I'm really excited to dive into the message of this. Can you tell us a little bit about your story? Yeah. So I'll take you back to um, the summer of 2013. Um, I had just had my first child, Violet, with my husband, and he had just graduated dental school. And uh, he had the Air Force pay for a scholarship for him to complete dental school. And so when he graduated dental school, it was time for us to pay the Air Force back with our time. And um, I was a news anchor and reporter at the time. And I decided this was the perfect time to take one year off of TV news because I, again, I just had my daughter and we were only going to be in this assignment for one year. Um, So that's what I did. I took off the TV news and I thought I would go right back. Well, then I get a phone call from my husband on May 8th, 2014. And he says, we're going to Holloman Air Force Base. And I said, where is that? (laughs) And he said, Alamogordo, New Mexico. And we both got really quiet (laughs) because Alamogordo, New Mexico doesn't even have a target in it, let alone a TV news station. And I was crushed. I spent the whole day crying. And somehow there was this little voice in my heart telling me to take a pregnancy test And we were not trying. Our daughter had just turned a year old, but this voice wouldn't go away. And so somehow an old test (laughs) made its way across the country with us (laughs) in the cross-country move. And so I took it and it was positive. And I thought, okay, God, okay, you want me to be a stay-at-home mom? I get it. Okay. I thought I had it all figured out. Well, um, then we get to Alamogordo. And eight days after arriving, it's time for my 20-week ultrasound. And um, I noticed that the tech is taking a really long time. But finally, she gets her measurements, flips on the lights, thanks us, and walks out. A nurse walked in, and she said, well, everything must look great because the doctor's not here. And as soon as she said those words, he Mm -hmm. walked in. And he explained to us that there were several markers on the ultrasound that indicated that our child had a higher chance of having a trisomy. And I said, well, what does that mean? And he said, it means your child has a higher chance of having a condition like Down syndrome. And I just remember my back like 
breaking out in fire in the words, I can't be a special needs mom. I can't be a special needs mom. Just going over and over again in my head like a skipping CD. Because of course I couldn't because that was definitely not a part of the plan. Well, then eight days later, we, we got blood work. And eight days later, I get another phone call from my husband. And he says, the doctor called. It's not good. I'm coming home. And I just remember my heavy 21-week pregnant body just falling to the kitchen floor and the words, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. This doesn't feel real. This doesn't feel real. And finally, my husband walked in and he had his military uniform on and I start trying to unbutton his military uniform because I could tell he was going to be sick. And he did get sick. And once he was done, I, he laid his head on my chest. And I still remember his hot tears just rolling down my shirt. Um, we had both just turned 27 years old. And we were in shock that something like this could happen to us. Well, we knew the test was positive for something, but we didn't know what. Uh, but we knew it was you know, life-altering or possibly deadly. Um, and we had to go into the doctor's office to get the official results. And the doctor walks in and he says, well, it's not good. Your child has a 99.9% chance of having Down syndrome. And it's normally at times like these people want to talk about their options. And I said, what options? And he said, option one is you terminate the pregnancy. And I said, well, what's option two? And he said, option two is you continue your pregnancy with a high-risk doctor. Um, and he said, but don't worry, don't worry. You don't have to be a hero. If you decide not to go through with the termination, you can have the baby here and we can keep him comfortable, but we don't have to do anything drastic to save his life. So in other words, we could have mm. our baby to keep our consciences clean, but we could let him die of natural causes. The doctor believed that our child would have a life that was not worth living. So I grieved as if a death had taken place. But it would take me many months, maybe even years, to realize that I had more in common with the doctor than I wanted to admit. Oh, my goodness. And that's a lot of what this book is about. It's about... The unlearning and the learning that can take place, that needs to take place when the unexpected hits our lives. Mm. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, Jillian. I, I mean, I, uh, I got the unexpected news that I was pregnant at 40. <laughs> and so I can relate to a lot of just the emotions of, of like, wait a minute, you know, how can this be happening? This certainly wasn't my plan. And, and having to kind of unlearn what I thought the the plan was, you know, and, um, and now I can look back and go, it, it was such a precious gift, but I, I know, and I, I just can't help but think of two girls that I just recently talked to that are facing the unexpected plan, the the plan that they never wanted their life to be and, and how to even navigate that. And I, so I, I so appreciate this book because I really feel like you've given us um, some 
things to hold on to. And I love how you've kind of broken it up into three different chunks. And we're going to, we're just going to kind of explore a lot of this, but the first, the first section is called returning to yourself. And that just really intrigues me. What was it about the gift of the unexpected that helped you find yourself? Yeah. So I think a lot of the unlearning that had to take place was, you know, why, why did the doctor say what he said? Right. Why did he think that my child's life was a life that wasn't worth living? And then why did I grieve as if his life wasn't worth living? And when I really started to unpack that, I realized that because my values and what I considered to be a successful life, and I, at the time I equated success with worth, um, what I thought what made a successful life, I didn't know if my child could achieve. So if he couldn't be successful in the way that our society deems successful, um, then how could he live a worthy life? And for me, why I say returning to myself is because I was somebody that was always performing for my worth, always striving, always trying to live a life a little bit you know, outside the bounds, you know, a little bit special, a little bit elevated. Extraordinary. Yes, yes, exactly. That's right. And so once the unexpected hit my life, I was so broken down. Um, I It forced me to be real with others for perhaps the first time in my life and real with myself. And so I think that one of the the first gifts that can come from the unexpected is that it kind of strips us of this armor that we live our lives in and allows us to be more vulnerable with ourselves and with others. And I think when we're in a place of vulnerability, we really can start to tear down those false constructs that we've built around our lives and our identities and around God as well. Mm. Mm. So powerful and yet painful because it feels like we're losing our very selves. You know, I mean, it's one thing to say, because I don't know, do you think we even know that we're living a facade until it's stripped away? I don't think I did. I don't think I did. I think I was following this path that, um, was a path of success, you know, and as long as I stayed course to that path, um, as long as I kept trying to achieve and never stop, then, um, then I would be a success and my life would be something that was shiny and, um, you know, trophy worthy kind of thing. And so I don't even think that I realized how many masks I actually lived my life in. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think we've talked a lot on this podcast about how so many times we even our Americanized view of Christianity says it should always be shiny. If you're going to give God glory, then it needs to be pretty much perfect. Your kids need to be perfect, your marriage, your house, your beauty. And I look at you and you're so beautiful, Jillian. But I think about I think about the radiance of Christ that has been released in you mm-hmm. through the breaking. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that self mm-hmm. that looks so beautiful, but it's, I, I don't know about you, but it's kind of in the broken places yeah. 
where Jesus is really seen. How did you, how did you navigate that time with the Lord? That's a really hard question for me to answer, but I will say that I really allowed myself to feel the darkness, you know? Um, and like you said, I had this Americanized version of Christianity. And I think at times I thought, you know, I, I, without even knowing that I believed this, I, I kind of had this very transactional view of God that, you know, I, yeah. I did the right things, you know, why, um, why did I not get what I wanted or I must have done something bad. So that's yeah. why this happened to me. It was this very transactional view um, kind of drenched in the prosperity gospel, to be honest, even though I didn't mm. know that. Um, and so what emerged from that was having to walk all the way through those dark places. And through that, I think that I became more acquainted with the real Jesus, <laughs> not shiny Jesus ascending from a hill, but Jesus who came here as a baby with no titles, who was homeless, um, who, yeah. who has a heart for the marginalized. I think the mm -hmm. real Jesus came alive to me when a child with a disability entered my own. And I think that whatever your unexpected circumstance is, I think that real Jesus who came to not only suffer for us, but to suffer with us, mm, I think that yes. our suffering allows us to access that Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, scripture says that, that we would know, we, we always focus on the power of his resurrection, but we don't often quote the fellowship of his sufferings. Mm that there's something sweet and beautiful, mm -hmm. even in those painful moments. Um, you know, when I found out I was pregnant, I'm not proud to admit that I didn't handle it well at all. I, I, it was eight months of just trying to hammer out obedience and saying, God, would you change my heart? Like I, I need to be okay with this, but I, I, my first response was, you know, may it be to me according to your word and, and my life's not my own. I've been bought with the price. So my first response was good, but then my flesh, and I don't know about you, but all the, all the numbers for me as being 40 years old, you know, uh, of just thinking how old I'm going to be when he graduates, how, and all of these things of just, and really having to let go of the life I thought I was going to have, um, and, and to fully embrace the life that was, was that a part of your journey as well? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. You know, and I'm still trying to figure that out, right? Um, and I think what I would say, you know, you mentioned we like to focus on the resurrection. And I, I think what I would say to someone who is now at a place where their life is going to look different. And I yeah. had a my pastor, my longtime pastor, my mentor asked me to sum up in one phrase what I learned from our five years of going through one unexpected thing after another. Because after this yeah. diagnosis, we had a miscarriage and we also had a child mm -hmm. with severe medical issues that required fetal intervention surgery. And so um, he said, you know, if you could sum it up, what have you learned? And I said, the resurrection is not just about 
what happens to us at the end of this life. It's about what happens to us in and out over and over again in this one. And I say that in response to what you're talking about is, you know, you may never get your old life back. You may never get back to that path that you envisioned. Mm -hmm. That part may die. But I do believe we have a God of resurrection and he doesn't, Amen. resurrection doesn't mean he takes something and makes it back to way, the way it was, is he makes new life come from what is dead. And that is what I have experienced through facing the unexpected again and again. Wow. Well, it. It really is the good news. You know, I think sometimes, again, we've made the good news blessing, having everything go your way. I love what someone once said, and it stuck with me all these years. Christianity isn't the absence of problems. Mm -hmm. It's the promise of his presence. And I remember, you know, when I was, and I'm a good girl, so wanting to do good things. So performing for God well is big on my list. I've never performed more poorly, Jillian. I just couldn't, I couldn't get okay. And yet it was almost like I felt like I was, I could see my two-year-old little self on the floor going, no, I, I, I had plans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I felt the Lord just gently say, I know, honey, I know, but this is really, it's a gift. It, it's not a curse. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Josh was born with low muscle tone. And actually, at first, they thought maybe it was Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And um, he has delays. Uh, he graduated from high school with accommodations. But we're trying to navigate yeah. now adulthood. And I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like. And so there's even, like you said, you're still navigating yeah. some of that. Mm-hmm. Because there is kind of a grieving. It's not... It's not that I would ever change him for the world because, and we're going to get into that because, oh my goodness, there is so much Jesus in that boy that God gave me that I wouldn't change him one single bit, but, but it's navigating kind of those, those waves of grief and then figuring out how to tap into the grace of God and the wisdom of God Mm -hmm. to, to be the mother that I need to be to help him become everything God intended him to be yeah. uh, outside of the constructs of society. So as you were navigating that returning to yourself and even wrapping your head around it, you mentioned that, you know, like how I can't be the mother of a special needs child mm-hmm. and, and how scary that is. Yeah. Cause there's so much unknown. Um, it's just interesting how God has actually used this to kind of set you up you know, like you said, in those three points, returning to yourself, the gift of unexpected transformation, but then the gift of unexpected purpose. And I wonder if you could talk to those listening out there that are really, I mean, all of a sudden the unexpected has slammed up and what they thought and even their whole identity. I was just Mm -hmm. talking to a friend today, her whole identity is at risk. She everything that she's ever been and thought she would be and where she found her worth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is it it may not ever be okay again. Yeah. And so I'd love to have you talk about I know it didn't happen overnight and then I found my purpose and everything's <laughs> been glorious. But how has God unfolded the journey for you? I think I'll start with that 
before you get to purpose, there has to be so much internal work, you know, and I talk about, I say this a lot to people because I have been, you know, Anderson, I feel very differently about Down syndrome today. Um, But I have been through other things in my life that I just cannot classify as good, you know? And so I say, I want to say gently to people that, your circumstances may not be good. Cause I do think that there yeah. is a positivity in Christianity that will try to make whatever you're going through into a gift. And I'm not saying that your mm. circumstances are a gift necessarily, depending, right. you know, but what can be a gift from your circumstances is you changing. There is an internal yeah. transformation that can happen when we choose to resist society's temptation to overcome the unexpected, right? Because we're given yeah. this super short pain timeline that we're allotted in, <laughs> in Western culture and in Christian culture. Um, and we're supposed yep. to rush to that other side as quickly as possible. And I think when mm. we do that, we come out the other side, like the same, and then that pain's just going to come back. You know, You're right. So, but if we choose to undergo it and by undergo, If you Google image the word undergo, you're going to find somebody who's about to undergo surgery. That person has to seek out help, admit they need help, you know, seek it out, dig into those deep, dark places, confront the pain, and then pursue recovery once the surgery is over. And so I start there because... You have the gift that can come from the unexpected is that you change, but you have to be willing to undergo the process. And once we have undergone the process, which can take years, by the way, then, (laughs) then we can set that internal transformation to external purposes. Ooh, I love that. And I think that 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 purpose that you're talking about that can come from the unexpected, it might, it's a slow revealing. You know, I have just found that the work of God is often, not always, but often it is slow. It's slow. And so I think along the way through my years of, of having Anderson and um, him being little and all of that, there were just these little markers along the way of direction that, where this internal transformation was going to end up taking me. And um, so I think just start there <laughs> with doing the internal work. I love that. And I I want us to camp there just for a little bit because I was just having a conversation with one of the girls at Bible study and we're so purpose driven. We want a purpose. We want it to make sense. And it's part of our need to make, okay, if it has a purpose, then I can file it. But I think you're so right. If we if we skip too fast to the purpose, we we do we come out the same. We miss the opportunity for transformation. And so we were just talking today. What if what if we don't worry about purpose? Yeah. Especially because she's like she's just a go getter girl yeah. that's been kind of sidelined, and it's killing her. I can relate. I can relate. <laughs> that's what. Yeah. And so even just that whole idea of. You know, when people were like, well, God will use it for his glory. Well, maybe, but let's not, let's not miss this moment and this beautiful, intimate thing God wants to just do mm-hmm. in us. Mm-hmm. You know, I've looked back and some of the most transformational times 
have looked like tragedy. Mm-hmm. They've looked like a big mistake. Yeah. And yet God has used that to do so many deep things in me that he may never actually use in any way outside of just what he's done in me. And, and he's used it to draw me closer to him. Mm-hmm. And I think even not having the perfect, not, not having the purpose, not being able to perform has actually, I think, helped strip away some of the lies that um, I've got to have purpose. I've got to do it right. I've got, I've got to figure this out. I've got to be, I love what you say in your book. You say, it's not about overcoming. Mm -hmm. It's about undergoing. And I want you just to unpack that a little bit more, because again, we are programmed. I've got to be an overcomer, Mm -hmm. but maybe we're missing the undergoing. Yeah. I think so often we really are, I think, because we are in a culture that is, um, can be toxically positive, really. Um, and I mean, there's a, there's a church down the street from me with a sign that says like, you will overcome this and it's, you know, and I, I know the intentions are good. Um, I know that, but I also think that there's such a push to overcome and there is such a push for purpose as well, but Mm -hmm. we are worth the work of internal transformation because I think that God dreamt up the dream of you and of me long ago. And I think that the unexpected, I think the hard things in our life are a pathway to transformation. And I think one of the greatest pathways to transformation really. And so when we choose to really unravel our grief, we have to really look closely at our values and our faith. Yeah. You know, are we, has our faith evolved at all? Or we still have the faith that we've been handed, you know, and we have to Mm. inspect that. Um, You know, am I angry at God? Okay. Yeah. I'm angry at God. Why is that? Why, what do I think Mm. God owes me? You know, that's the process of undergoing. It's taking those emotions and then putting them under a microscope and saying, why do I feel this way about God? Or why do I feel like this life that is now in front of me is somehow Mm -hmm. less than the life that I was planning on living, right? Um, That's the process of undergoing. And I think if we're willing to do it, we get to live into our God-dreamed entireties. You know, I think that... I think it's possible to not live into our God dreamed entireties. I think it's, I think it's Mm -hmm. possible to just go through the motions of life. Um, But I think the unexpected offers us a unique opportunity to become the fullest versions of ourselves. And, you know, hear me on this. I'm a go-getter. This book, Anderson's eight years old. Okay. This was not, (laughs) this was not a fast process. You know, and I thank God for that because I would not have been ready to be where I, to write this book because I would not have been who I needed to be. It's a process. But I think when we're, when we live into that and we live into our entireties, that purpose will eventually come. And if nothing else, it doesn't have to be a book. You do not have to monetize yes, your transformation. Right, right. <laughs> but we can help people who have suffered similarly to how we once suffered. Hmm. I love that so much. 
You know, I, I think it's, it's that being willing to lay down our story of what we thought had to happen. And then it almost like opens our, our hands to receive the true gift. I think that's been the, the sweetest thing about Joshua. In some ways, it has been a returning to myself of just, of, you know, letting go of comparison. You know, he doesn't have to perform like anybody else. He gets to be him. And yet at the same time, wanting to do everything we can to help him become everything God intended him to be. But, uh, you know, we could go so many directions when it comes to the whole idea of, you know, disabilities. Sometimes maybe we're the disabled ones because there's such a purity. And I call Josh love on a stick because he's just (laughs) got the biggest heart in the whole universe. And so, so I think part of living in the unexpected and embracing it as, um, as a gift and a purpose is yet also being okay with the mystery and um, yes. that even I was just talking to my friend about some thoughts that I've had about that, you know, some of those purposes, some of those dreams that seem like they're not going to happen here. What if maybe they're for eternity? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, it occurred to me when I was talking to Rebecca Lyons about her son mm-hmm. who has um, a disability and just thinking, you know what, we're, we're parenting them for eternity, mm-hmm. like Jillian, mm-hmm. like, and you kind of touch on that in the book about, about who Anderson is, truly is, and is going to be. And I'd love to have you unpack that because we're so addicted to this little life, this little hyphen between our birth and our death. And we think it's all there is when there's eternity, there's who, who knows what God has in store. In fact, the Bible says that no mind is conceived. No, we can't even begin to imagine what God has in store for us. Yeah. You know, um, that the start of this really does go with the undergoing piece because what originally inspired me to write this book, you know, I enrolled in seminary and I was determined to find the answer to, you know, was Anderson always meant to have down syndrome? Mm. And, um, you know, I believe I did not find that answer in textbooks, I believe I found that answer at a theme park in San Antonio, Texas. Um, it's called Morgan's Wonderland. And um, Anderson, I don't know how old he was at this point, maybe five, six. He was probably five. And we walked in and we went to this puppet show. And there was a mother feeding her child through a tube. And there was a boy with some sort of neurological condition who was making noises and waving his hands. And then there was my child with Down syndrome who is pretty impulsive and was trying to join the puppet show. And there was no, there was no judgment. You know, there was only love. And I really felt like that day it was like 90 plus degrees outside. And I felt like the hair stand on end on my arms. And I just felt like God was whispering, this is it. This is the kingdom of God right here. And so I write in the book about how I believe when I meet Anderson in heaven, he will have down syndrome because Mm. Anderson would not be who he is without down syndrome. And I believe who he is, is good is good and holy and 
um, you know, I think those who have disabilities are at the closest of the heart of God, you know, and there's not a lot of stuff that gets in the way there. There's just that pure heart. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it took me many years to come to that conclusion and it took, you know, if I had just gone to that park without the process of undergoing, I don't know if I would have had that reaction, you know, but it was, yeah, it was an answer that I was seeking. And yeah. I feel like God revealed it to me when I was ready. And, um, yeah, I just don't think that my child has to change in order to enter the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Uh, I love that. I love that. You know, I, um, as I was thinking today, because it was just so interesting, these two conversations with women who are facing some life-changing things and just the grieving of that. And I, I so appreciate that you're like, yeah, there's going to be that. And I, I just want to encourage people to pick up this book, The Gift of the Unexpected, because though it's your story, you really give us some handholds to kind of just navigate our own story. Um, you know, I, I think for me of just, of just being willing, willing to let go of what I thought it needed to be and receiving what it was and learning to see the beauty and the gift of it all. But also, you know, as I was thinking of my friend, I talked to at Bible study, how to not let the disappointment of what isn't Mm -hmm. swallow the joy of what is, Mm -hmm. what we do have in front of us. And boy, that can just, that can translate to every every woman that's listening, because I think we all have some disappointment that if we don't kind of give that to God, it can just paralyze us and we can feel like we've missed out on life and that, that we, you know, that our chance at fulfillment and true joy is over. And yet there is a gift in the unexpected. And I just sense that the Lord wants to minister to some hearts today. And Jillian, I would just love it if you'd pray as we close. Yeah. Um, dear God, I pray for the women listening to this podcast that who are experiencing the unexpected or perhaps experienced the unexpected a long time ago and Mm. maybe didn't go all the way through it. God, I pray that you give us the courage to resist the society's insistence on overcoming the unexpected and instead Mm. to see the unexpected as a gateway to transforming into the fullest version of ourselves that you dreamt up long ago. Um, I pray this in your name. Amen. As you were listening, did you think of a friend or two who might need this encouragement? I hope you'll text the link or share this episode on social media. Because Jillian's reminder that while the unexpected circumstances of life may not be good or feel good, God is at work making something beautiful through them. The video version of this interview will air tomorrow, Thursday, May 4th on YouTube. And hey, you might just want to watch it again because there was so much good stuff. Because if you're like me, I too often miss the gift of the unexpected. But when we give God access to that confusion, He does a beautiful alchemy, transforming the unexpected into a blessing as He changes us from the inside out. 
so that you and I can live in love and lead like Jesus, even when life doesn't go according to plan.